0: Welcome back to Digital Gonzo, the Bond specials. I'm Alex Shaw. Part one, Connery.
1: My name is Bond, James Bond. My instructions were implicit. I was to leave for Jamaica in two hours, licensed to kill. I have to leave immediately.
2: Just as things were
1: getting interesting again. (laughs)
2: 7. license to kill whom he pleases, where he pleases, when he pleases. From the elegant club rooms of Mayfair to exotic island night spots. Jump up,
3: jump
2: up. Good evening. Who pays you? You. Tell us. A strange adventure of intrigue, treachery, and love. Mr. Bond, I was thinking, why don't you collect me at my apartment? It's lovely up here in the
4: mountains.
1: Her directions were easy to follow, and she sent a few of her friends to make sure I didn't get lost. She thought I was dead, but I proceeded to prove her wrong.
5: I thought it was always polite to knock first before shooting
4: honey
1: from our very first meeting was everything her name implied she clung to me like a wet bathing suit but business as usual came first the face was killing
2: I thought you less stupid I could have had you killed in the swamp and why didn't you you damaged my organization Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman whose luck is run out.
1: Maybe it was my luck. Up to my neck in hot water.
2: Or something blowing up in my face. You'll live dangerously with a superbly resourceful James Bond. The explosive screen dramatisation of the book that has entertained millions of readers. The exotic and tantalising Doctor No.
0: James Bond is part of British cinema heritage, the tenacity of the series only outstripped by its repetitive adherence to a rarely changing formula. In 2006, in introducing us to a brand new fledgling 007, the reboot that Casino Royale represented, drew a gulf down the series. It separated over 40 years of filmmaking into old Bond and recrafted the character for yet another generation. But after a stumble with the sequel and delays in making the third Daniel Craig outing, we're maybe still too close to that new beginning to see this is what it may represent. A simple evolutionary step, albeit a significant one, in the overall tapestry of the adventures of a trained killer that simply cannot die. So at Gonzo, we decided to document every significant period in Bond history and argue the toss as to which, if any, of the first 22 Bond films, plus two unofficial installments, are still wholly relevant or even worth watching anymore. I can already feel you two seething with resentment at just that insinuation.
4: (laughs) Just a bit.
0: (laughs) So here to discuss this series with me is long-time proponent of classic Bond, Game Burst's Mr. James Batchelor. Hello. And Gary's anterior blower of the Ninja Fat Pigeons, Big Red Potion, whatever's going about. Game Burst as well. Game Burst, yep. Uh, hello. Let's just talk about Ian Fleming first. Ian Lancaster Fleming, born in 1908 and died in 64 at the age of 56, just a few months before the third film, Goldfinger, was released. His Bond books were published from 1953 to 66, the last two posthumously. He took two months out of every year to write each one and uh, managed 12 years of consistent annual release. Uh, he wrote 12 Bond novels and two short story collections. I'm not going to go through what they're called. Basically, the first 14 Bond films all share the same names, although they're all in completely different order. Uh, Fleming, who worked in naval intelligence throughout World War II, used his knowledge and experience of espionage to craft the Bond books and was known to base most of his characters on people he met in real life.
6: I, I, I believe, you know, anecdotally, that I, I read or heard that the inspiration for Casino Royale um, mm. the book, rather than the 2006 you know, Daniel Craig film, was that he, during the war, went to a casino with the plan to, I will bankrupt um, the enemy agents at this casino, the enemy soldiers at this casino. I'll get all their money mm. so that, you know, to dent their war effort. And he actually got cleaned out.
0: Nice. Imagine if he had actually uh, bankrupted them and then they'd simply killed him. Thus, the entire world would never have known James Bond. Which is just tragic. That, that, that's reliable. not even worth talking about. Plus there was a dude there with a machete. Yes. Right. So, time to overthink a series of marketing ploys spanning 40 years. One of the first things we have to establish is who is James Bond. If you take him to be the same character with the same past experiences, the sheer weight and volume of films and experience begins to stretch that theory. In the sixth film, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery is out for revenge on Blofeld for murdering his wife Tracy in the previous film, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. In that film he was played by George Lazenby, and in Diamonds he's back as Connery, who played him for the first five. We can thus reasonably conclude that he's the same man. Can the 1985 film A View to a Kill, starring the then 58-year-old Roger Moore, himself three years older than Sean Connery, still be the same Bond? Since he exacts revenge on the unnamed Blofeld in For Your Eyes Only four years earlier, we can conclude, maybe? However, we are stretching the laws of physics, storytelling, and audiences' patience to imply that the 1987 film The Living Daylight, starring the then 41-year-old Timothy Dalton, is about the same Bond. This man, who we'll call Bond B, was 16 years old, the year Dr. No was released. He could easily have been a Cold War-era spy, but would most likely have operated from the tail end of the 70s onwards. Ironically, Dalton was actually considered for the role in 68 as Connery's replacement, but at 22 he was deemed too young. Double ironically, Pierce Brosnan was considered for the role in The Living Daylights, and could have been Bond a lot earlier. Brosnan, being seven years younger than Dalton, was still 42 when he took on the role in GoldenEye in 95, but considering his character's history, we can assume he's still Bond B. Then we have Daniel Craig's Bond C younger on picking up the role at 38 than Moore at 46 Dalton at 41 and Brosnan at 42 but older than Connery at 32 and Lazenby at 30 in making him a 00 agent at the opening of Casino Royale they highlighted the fact that this is definitely a different bond although the nagging doubt and hangover remaining from the previous films is still there in the form of M, M. Judy Dench's M this calls into question the possibility that James Bond is actually not a man but a code name one given to Agent 007 throughout the history of MI6, and if you take into account the possibility that Connery, Lazenby, and Moore's Bond, A, were the same man played by different actors, that would explain the revenge plot regarding his murdered wife, Tracy, threading through their 14 official films. It would be safe to say that Bond A, and only Bond A, is Fleming's Bond. This would also explain how Bond B could be a different man of a different age with a similar but not identical past, a man who inherited the title from Moore's Bond A on his retirement or indeed death, somewhere between A View to a Kill in 85 and Living Daylights in 87. And finally, how Craig's Bond C could inherit the codename after the departure of Brosnan's Bond B between Die Another Day and Casino Royale and why Dench's M remains at MI6. Fortunately, the original version of Casino Royale and the unofficial remake of Thunderball Never Say Never Again, by virtue of their non-canonical status, do not affect this theory. Okay, so James, you were going to say something about how uh, Moore's character ties in with uh, Connery's.
6: Well, the first four all tie in with um, Connery's, or specifically Lazenby's. So, yes, you're right, you know, i done forever, Connery's seeking revenge for Tracey, mm. um, Tracy's death. Moore... In Spy Who Loved Me, when um, he's meeting Triple X in the bar Mm in Egypt, she mentions, she goes on about how, oh, you were married once, but wife is like, yes, I made your point. At the start of For Your Eyes Only, during the, you call him a sort of blowfell, I... I personally don't think that's Blofeld. It's far yeah. too cheesy um, a cameo for it to be an actual Blofeld. Um, he actually starts off at Theresa Bond's grave. And in yeah. License to Kill, the Timothy Dalton film... Oh
0: shit, no, that's going to completely scotch my theory. Carry on.
6: In License to Kill, he catches the uh, the garter of Felix Leiter's wife. Yep. And um, he says, no, thank you, because you know, you know, the insinuation that he'll be married next. And she asks Felix, "What's wrong?" Felix says, he "Explains. He was married once, but it was a long time ago." Yeah. The first four bonds uh. are the same character, and by extension, I still think um, there is P- there Piers is a Brosnan reference.
7: Did. Yeah, there's a reference in one. of I can't remember which one. There's a reference in one of the Pierce Brosnan films as well about oh, his wife. Nuts. Oh, is there? Yeah, I, 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 I
6: That was such a sound
0: theory, and well, then fucking License been, to Kill I've, comes I've along. heard this theory before, and I can see why people like, you know... Because uh, uh, you know, it's a, uh, test- like Doctor Who, basically. Yeah. You, can't, you know, it makes perfect sense for it to just be the name. Absolutely, but
6: the Bond films aren't about making sense. It's not meant to be a realistic...
0: You're twisting facts to suit theories rather than theories to suit facts. I don't care. I, my point is
6: that the idea is that James Bond is a character through which we can live these awesome adventures... Right. And yeah. And you, know, you have to suspend belief that, you know, he has survived all of these adventures and it's the same man right up to the 90s. I'll admit that that stretching breaking point when he gets to the point of Brosnan is because it's like, no, he would be an old man by now. But that's not the point. And the the fun of it is the idea of this well, man who has saved the world time and time
7: again.
4: Mm-hmm. And but he
7: continues to do so in, in 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 Brosnan's bond. You see the death of his wife, Tracy, could only be sort of five or six years ago. Because you know there's no, the chronology shifts as as time moves on, so it's not to suit the
0: film. Narrative. Yeah, so
7: so okay. So, well, how many films difference is? It's about eight films. So Let's say it was eight years ago. So in theory, um, or well, maybe less, maybe it's only you know six years ago. In theory, it does all fit together. But I know where that where, where I know where Alex your theory comes from because when they were casting for Casino Royale, they did consider making Bond a black actor. Mm. So, yeah, they were going to cast this, the black actor Colin Salmon in the role. And the logic behind it would be that Bond was, that, you know, the title James Bond was an alias that the 007 agent received. And again, it would kind of fit, you know, I I, I don't know what you're saying when it kind of, it's kind of going into Doctor Who territory, but you could kind of see how that would fit because that would be Mm -hmm. his, you would assume that once you take on the 007 role that you would then have to live that character and so therefore you would,
0: you or maybe it. they just select particularly p- particular characteristics in an agent to go, you know what, he fits the Bond role very fucking well. Yeah, we need this kind of... Because it, basically, it, clearly he gets the job done time and time again, as much of a handful as he is.
7: Well, it's one of the key things is they, they're always playing on the fact that Bond is an orphan. I mean, that comes up time and time mm. again mm. as well. So the, your
0: parents had the, the luxury of dying in a climbing accident. The luxury of dying in a climbing accident, yeah. Uh,
7: uh, and that's supposed to, you know, there's supposed to be some cor- correlation between that and what all the other double agents are. They all have this kind of, you know, um, uh, troubled childhood followed by some sort of, you know, uh, eaten and, and then, mm. um, uh, and, you, you know, high university uh, education. The, the Navy. Which was kind of how, you know, British intelligence did work back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s.
6: It's possible that you know. I I, I don't like that theory because, like I say, I like the idea of just one man who has saved the world time and time again. But it is possible that um, they, and they, the they world do, they, shifting
0: around him rather than him shifting around the world. Yeah. Oh,
6: yeah. Right, okay. Well, yeah. You know, to use a gaming um, reference, for example, then. Um, there is the theory that all of the Legend of Zelda's are the same story, just mm. told different ways. Likewise, if you crammed all of the 22, the first 20, um, adventures together, so from Doctor No to Die Another Day, mm. if it all happened to the same person, but the way it was told was told to reflect how, uh, you know, cause that, that, all of those adventures crammed together, say they happen like months, each one happens months apart, that could easily fit into a guy's career, but they're told differently to reflect the time that it, it is, it is being told mm
0: Has been a product of his time, at once an already dated stereotype, even on his introduction in '62, but also the yardstick of a civilization's progress, often indicating how far we've come in society by how little Bond has adapted. His treatment of men, women, foreigners, his superiors, and his enemies has fluctuated over the years. Sometimes he's a cold-blooded, colder-hearted, racist killing machine who uses the fairer sex as a human shield and stands ready with a cruel pun after horribly murdering an attacker. Sometimes he's a kinder, more reasonable, personable, and human agent who treats people with more respect. Sometimes he's on fire and out for revenge when the people he truly cares about become victims by volition of their attachment to him. Sometimes he's a crumbly old fossil leering at nubile women. His films have adopted the style of serious Cold War spy thrillers, ridiculous camp farce, exploitation pictures and colonial wish fulfilment with the cultural sensitivity of Prince Philip. Nonsensical sci-fi fantasy strewn from top to bottom with lasers, usually when Star Wars is popular. And in that point I'm referencing fucking Die Another Day. Oh, don't it As well as Moonraker. On more wish fulfilment for middle-aged men in putting the pensioner-class Bond against younger enemies and indeed women, high-octane action movies with only a passing link to the Fleming novels, and occasionally a trip back to a more serious time, reflecting the recent realism and respectability of espionage stories thanks to the Bourne trilogy. In all of these, Bond has only four constant hallmarks. One, his name. Two guns, three exotic locations, four beautiful women. That's it. Anyone, can anyone think of anything else?
6: There's, there's tropes that are carried across, you know, the, the way he introduces the name, the, the tux, the martini.
0: Hang on, hang on, no, no, no. Oh, you gotta be careful with martini. Yeah, okay, the drink right. changed... He actually had a mean... mojito on purpose in Die Another Day. Yeah. Let me okay, just yes. say other recurring but less consistent motifs, because there are a whole bunch, okay. but not all of these appear in absolutely every one of the 22 official movies and two unofficial ones. Gadgets that each prove life-savingly useful no matter how obscure. Clumsy comedy, quite often clumsy drama, fantastic cars, enemy vehicles, motorbikes, dune buggies, jet skis, etc. And apparently, aside from Doctor No and the Man with the Golden Gun, every Bond film has a helicopter. Exotic henchmen, inept guards and private armies, the MI6 cavalry showing up at the end, M, Q, Money Penny. James Bond will return, and some spying. <laughs> yeah, some spying. Yeah, the, 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 the drinks one is interesting,
7: because there's actually an app you can get on the iPhone, which has got... um. The recipe for every single drink that James yeah. Bond has had. The thing is that the, he, there's about seven different types of martinis he has, and yeah. each of the each of the Bond actors had a slightly different drink. So, although you know the cliche is it's it's vodka martini shaken not yeah. stirred, it's not always the case. And in quite a lot of the early ones, he just has, sometimes
0: they stir it, don't shake it.
7: Indeed, and sometimes <laughs> he just has vodka straight. So he always has vodka on the rocks. So it, yeah.
0: it, it, it's As not the same thing. Casino Royale, when he was looking for his soul in the mirror, he was drinking what looked like whiskey.
7: Yes, and I think is, he cracks out the whiskey in, uh, on a Mastery Super Service. The, the, the martini he has in Casino Royale is a different recipe, and it's actually called a Vespa Martini.
0: Yeah, it's with in, the lemon yeah. thingy in it. So- And also d- the, the, uh, addition of poison. Yes. That's <laughs> an so added ingredient, yeah. <laughs> yeah, d- does that in the iPhone app? Uh, I would hope digital. It's the is defibrillator, not <laughs> What we're gonna do next is cover each of the, the Connery Bond Films Plus. O-H-M-S-S. It doesn't even abbreviate well. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) Uh, We'll call it Madge, shall we? If you like. So what we're going to do for each of these shows is hop, skip and jump through every single Bond film, highlighting why each may be significant, best and worst moments, and trying to get a feel as to how the character was handled in every given era. First up, Bond Day, Connery and Lazenby. 1962 to 1971, nine years, seven films.
1: Sonia, let's sort this timetable out. 9am, Dr. No. Break for a pee. I need at least three minutes to urinate. Seems to take forever these days. (laughs) I never thought when I was in my 20s I'd have to push. Next.
4: 1105,
1: from Russia with love. 115, Goldfinger. Strawberry Nesquilk, fish cakes. (laughs) 335, Thunderball, dump. Question mark. See how I feel after the fish cakes. How long? 20 minutes. <laughs> Don't allow for complications. <laughs> 615, you only live twice. Tin of directors. <laughs> 820, diamonds are forever. Put the roast on as soon as you see the moon buggy.
3: You're very brilliant. This is a clever schedule.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: I love you in a way. <laughs> be a, a Bond femme fatale with your broken English.
0: You're sexy, but I don't trust you. Number one, Dr. No, 1962. Tree
5: blind mice in the room, tree blind mice, there they go, marching down the street, single file. to a calypso beat all the wine. They're looking for the cat, the cat that swallowed the rat. They want to show
4: that the of blind this
0: is quite an unremarkable Bond film to me. You think it's, so? it's considered by uh, many to be one of the best. It's like I think it got like the fifth best in Empire's best Bond films situation. Okay, well, Dan, argue in its favour.
7: Well, yeah, I, I've always considered it to be one of the, one of the best. I mean, you you've got to remember that when it came out, it was a bit of a sensation because mm. I think it took about five or six years. You can probably do a fact check. Yep. Um for the to actually get the adaptation to screen from the book because the book was so controversial because it was just so sort of uh, well considered vulgar at the time um, and um you know the, the build up to doctor no coming out and the hype behind it was just huge and uh, i don't think most critics expected it to be a kind of you know flashy whiz bang naff paperback film but it actually turned out to be quite a uh, intelligent thought provoking and um you know, thrill-packed uh, spy thriller, really. And um, the thing is though it, it, it does set the template for all the future films. Mm. And if you if that's if you don't see if you see Doctor No after seeing a lot of the other films, then yeah, you mm. look at it and think, oh, there's nothing really special about this. But you got to remember that without Doctor No, you wouldn't have had the format that all the other films followed. Okay, mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. changed over the years, like the beginning. Hang on, ha- one second. How old are you, then? Thirty-seven. You can't have seen it first. I didn't know. The first one I saw was probably *The Man with the Golden Gun*.
0: So, but you were able to project back once you did see it and go, "Oh, I can see this as if for the first time."
7: Yeah, I, I, you know, if, if ever they were shown on television, I would watch it. My, my father was a huge James Bond fan,
0: so um, as was mine. Yeah, so I kind of just grew up on it. I, I would imagine James.
6: Um, yeah, I I of grown up and my dad put the, me on those mainly because I used to watch that god awful um James Bond Jr. cartoon. Oh Christ. Yeah exactly. He saw that he saw Look, that this he, is the real one son. Exactly. He saw this, he's like, what is this? He's like, this is James Bond Jr. He goes, no. No. No no. Bond. James
0: Bond Jr. No one can stop him.
3: Come, always tries. Young Bond cuts through each web of spies. He learned the game from his uncle James. Now he's heir to the name James Bond. Bond. James Bond Jr. Look out, he's coming through. He's got a job to do. While he rescues the girl, James Bond Jr. chases James gone
4: Bond, Jr. chases
6: scum around the world. No. Um, and he actually started me off with, because um, I, I, I had a James Bond Jr. video, and I was watching that, and he goes, no, no, no. And he quickly checked the TV Times, and conveniently, From Russia With Love was on. Mm. And it was up to the point That's where they were on start. the train. So I, from the point they voided the train onwards, that was where I
7: started yeah. off. It was always the case that Dr. No was nearly always shown on Boxing Day every year. Mm. You know, they would show... ITV would have a Bond season, and they would normally start it with Dr. No on Boxing Day, and then they would do three or four, n- not normally in chronological order either. And they would conveniently skip over on Majesty's Secret Service.
0: Yeah, that was always really unpopular on telly. Everyone... Growing up, I was like, oh, no, that's the fake Bond. Mm. Um, every Every single bank holiday... There, there was a Bond film, as I recall. Yeah, they
7: would. Uh, they would nearly always show Goldfinger at some point because that's always the one that yeah. everyone goes to. You know, goes mad about.
0: But yep. you know, I I think there's a lot in Doctor No. Um, well, there's so, the Doctor with the metal hand. That was kind of exotic and unusual. That's yeah, of and, and again, it yeah, it's
7: yeah, set the kind of you know the. Uh, the framework for all future villains to have some form of, de- of deformity or disability. That's what makes you a villain. Yes. Um, but it had, you know, I mean, the same didn't have a disability. I mean, he was just there was a, there was but, a lot without dis-
6: disabilities, but they're not the most iconic ones. The iconic yeah. ones are the ones with the weird well, quirk.
0: Yeah. Well, just was, a Goldfinger was just a, a, a mental fat German who liked to butcher women. But he, he had odd job. Or job just uh, I suppose, yeah, if you've got an interesting enough, uh, henchman, you yeah. don't need no, a default material. Or you
7: had jaws in, in late films. But, yep. Exactly. So, but, <laughs> That's why was alright. Go
0: back
7: to, right. back to, not to know. The, the other important thing is that uh, the, with the scene with Ursula Andrews, where she comes out of the, the sea, you know, the sea, which she's gathering shells, yep. that kind Cannot
0: of- fault that. That's great. That's iconic. No,
7: indeed. And and again, for the time, that was shocking, you know, and-, and <gasps> A woman in a bikini! Indeed, with a great big knife. For goodness sake, <laughs> hide the children! You know, and uh, it, it, that kind of that again. Set, I'm assuming set, like, that was
0: as shown on TV for quite some time. Well, uh, um,
7: yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I remember Bond always used to be shown quite late at night. Sort of, you know, after. Yeah, like, I suppose Bitcoin. for
0: many many years it would have been in black and white anyway. Uh, in, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, 62 uh, to like what early 80s when everyone finally updated to colour.
7: I know that they used to be considered for only for adults, and they used to. I'm pretty sure they used to show them after the watershed. Um, yes. because of the you know the sexual
0: tone there's a sexy nature to them indeed other things I remember about Dr. Noah uh, forgive me I haven't seen this in a long while and I have no particular wish to uh, flame throwing tank and poor quarrel getting completely barbecued on that one <laughs> that was a good moment
6: that, that was good like the whole all the way through you know like warning that there's a dragon on crab key and you can't work out what it's going to be. You know it's not going to be a dragon, but you can't work out what it is. And when you finally see the dragon tank, it's like, ah, very
7: good. There's, there's mm. a fan t- there's, uh, one of my favourite scenes in that is actually the the scene where he kills the the scientist, the, the double crossing scientist who tries mm. to he tries to kill him with the tarantula, where mm. he, g- he goes to the you know this woman picks him up. Oh, didn't takes that up guy, the, the
0: scientist, uh, end up as uh, like the the blowfeld blowfeld's hand stroking the cat in like in the, From what she would Love. That check I that know. one
7: he wasn't his voice if that's
0: I true I didn't know that
7: no I didn't no. know I've been completely
0: doing a lot plausible. of Wikipedia
7: all day um, <laughs> but it's, it's you know they, they're quite there's a scene where basically Bond gets kind of goes up to this this woman's beach house who who she thinks she's seduced him but of course he's, he's he knows this is a setup, up and he basically gets rid of her and he sits there waiting I think he pours himself a drink starts playing cards and he waits for the scientist to you turn say up. gets rid of her
6: he, he doesn't he kill the He arrests her. He sends her yeah, off to... He um, sends um, her packing.
7: He, sl- he slaps her ass or something, doesn't he? Come nice. Her. Puts her in the car, that's it. And, yeah. um, uh, yeah, so he waits for the Doctor to is turn up. Professor
0: R.J. Dent, is that the guy? Yeah, yeah, that's him. And Anthony he, Dawson, he, yeah.
7: He yep. basically comes in and he literally murders him in cold blood. And it, yep. it again, it kind of reinforces the fact that as suave and as, you know, sophisticated and as charming as 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 James Bond is at the end of the day, he is He's a cold-blooded com- murderer.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, certain Bonds have done better than others over the years. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. You're soon. To,
7: yeah, you'll talk about it in a future show, but I know I know who you're going you're to refer to, Roger Moore. And but if you look carefully in the Roger Moore films, there is one film in particular where he is a hard-nosed bastard in it. So it's uh,
1: not, for so yours
7: you know, only, less so um, in um, the Spy who loved me. There's a scene really? on the, the roof where he's having a fight.
4: Yes, and he just lets the guy die. On the
7: edge, and he's holding onto his tie, and he just looks right. in his eyes and smashes the smacks the tie out of his hands, nice. and he doesn't say a word. And that is just you know uh, cold blooded murder. Yeah, I th- the one thing I really took away from Doctor No when I first saw it was um,
6: it, it's got quite a lot of mystery to it rather than adventure. Mm. You know, the the later films certainly like more onwards. It's all about you know. Chases and fights and gunfights
0: and you know that or, might be why it's not so good to rewatch over and over again. Well, this it's this like thing. Been yeah. solved. It, it's
6: quite it's quite um it's quite slow paced compared to the others. Mm. But the key thing is like you don't know apart from the fact that clues in the title you don't know who <laughs> what the villain is until pretty much the very end. I mean, we only get introduced to Doctor Who when there's a sorry Do- Doctor Doctor Who no. <laughs> Doctor No Doctor No is only introduced when there's only like about half an hour left of the film. Mm. So the first hour and a half has all been, you know, it, it's all mystery, it's all, you know, going to um what's it uh Posfeller's bar and trying to work out what's going on. It's dealing with the journalist, dealing with the secretary, trying to work out who it is that is scaring all these local not authorities, you know, like people of importance into mm. doing his work and still try and it's essentially a murder mystery. It's it's to work out who killed and um, oh what's his name the uh, Asian from the start.
7: I watched it recently. Double O something?
6: No, no, no. It's not no, a double O. It's, it's just a
7: local agent. He, yeah, he's not even Secret Service. He's like no. Foreign Office or something.
6: Yeah. British intelligence station chief
0: in Jamaica. Just John's says strange ways. Strange ways. Strange ways. Yes. Strange yes. yes.
6: um, So yeah, like, you know, I, I quite like it because later films they basically introduced the villain to Bond within the first twenty, thirty minutes, and mm. then it's basically a chase film all the way through. Mm. Whereas this one, you know, this one and, you know, from Russia with Love for etc., you know, Bond is completely unaware of what's going on until the very end.
0: Mm. And so he's actually got to do some spying. Exactly.
6: There was it. a lot more actual spying than just
0: going from set piece So they space. still take him prisoner and feed him, as Scott Evil would say. Are you feeding him? Why didn't <laughs> yes. kill him. Uh, we'll talk about Austin Powers later, but, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the most important things to have happened to Bond in Bond's history was... was Fucking Austin Powers. Yeah, definitely. Here's a couple of uh, things about Dr. No. A number of Hollywood film studios did not want to fund the film, finding it too British or too blatantly sexual. Surely <laughs> those are oxymorons. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the 60s, Britain wasn't overly sexual, if you remember. Not in, in general. The producers asked United Artists for financing, but the studio would only put up one million dollars. As a result, only one sound editor was hired, normally there were two for sound effects and dialogue, and many scenarios were made in cheaper ways, with M's office featuring cardboard paintings and a door covered in leather like plastic, and the room where Dent meets Doctor No costing only seven hundred and forty five pounds to build. Also, as art director Sid Kane found that his name was not in the credits, it just says Broccoli, but I'm assuming that's Arthur, gave him a golden pen to compensate, saying that he did not want to spend money making those credits again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Had to cut corners. Um, also, I've just put in question marks: guano quarry, because that apparently in the book was what Doctor No was running as a front. Yes, Van I'm not no. sure well, how no you mine like... guano, but I'm assuming it, there is an actual factual way of doing it. It Basically, is batshit.
6: Well, like the book wasn't about you know toppling space rockets. Mm. Um, I can't actually remember what the book was about. I've read all the novels, and I think that was actually the first one I read, so I haven't read that in about ten years. Mm. But it wasn't about. You know, they they introduced the whole you know toppling space rocket thing to again you know kind of adapt Bond to the times, Mm. um, which is why you get this you know horrendously elaborate
0: uh, you know nuclear power plant at the end. Um, That's an interesting point. Actually, we hadn't been on the moon until like part way through Bond's career.
7: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was actually. I think it was after um, mm. You Only Live Twice, which was in space. I think it was. I, I think I, Man with the Golden Gun. I
6: think is the '69 film. I could be wrong. No, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, it's On a Master Secret Service. Yeah. So I, I, those are the two that I watched this We're weekend. Just calling it Madge. Madge, sorry, Madge, Madge, and, Madge and Golden,
0: um, By the Golden. Guano can be mined for gunpowder. Just say no. Maybe that had something to do with it, then. (laughs) In Japan, the film was titled We Have No Need of a Doctor, when promotional materials sent to Japan by United Artists mistakenly featured a question mark instead of a full stop uh, following the doctor. Doctor? No.
5: (laughs) 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 From Russia with love I fly to you Much wiser since my goodbye to you I've traveled the world to learn I must return from Russia
0: Okay, from Russia with Love, nineteen sixty-three. Tatiana Romanova, Red Grant Rosa a club.
7: Yeah, the most important piece of uh, uh, dress, I think, in all of the paint, James Bond films, because she spends most of the film with one of those
0: little chokers on. Which was yes. The there is a point actually when Bond like tries to put it on her. She takes it on, on the train. She takes it off, and then like he tries to put it on her again. Yeah. And the next scene, she's not wearing it, so it's like they must have had a bit of a tiff. <sighs> Seriously, I'm not wearing a fucking choker.
7: No, I mean, that's that's the, the, you know, whenever I watch that film now, all I can see is the choker. Because, you know, it's just so of that time. Mm. Uh, Mm. And and so explicitly sexual as well, and and sort of, you know, sort of domineering. It it, it is (laughs) nice,
0: yeah. It is rather nice, yeah, (laughs) there's that to it as well. But she, I mean, basically 95% of it is her, because she is very lovely. Indeed, indeed. I think,
7: again, you might want to fact check, but I think she's a model or something. a lot of, a lot of the Bond girls were... Didn't help
0: Britt Eklund?
7: No. no. Um she, Tibby's being chased by, uh... Did she marry, uh, Ringo Starr when he did? Britt Eklund? No, she married, um
0: Inspector Clues, though.
7: Sellers? Peter Pete Sellers. Sellers? No,
0: <laughs> way. I know, uh, Ringo Starr did marry a Bond girl. Uh, Barbara Back, who was Barbara in... Barbara Yeah, who was in the Spyro. Orch- oh, Pussy. Oh no, hang on, spider Spyro loved me, she was the Russian agent. Triple oh, Triple X. X. Yeah.
7: To get back to From Russia with Lovers... So, Dan-
0: Danielle Bianchi. Okay,
7: yeah, that's, yeah, so, that's, that's Italian, doesn't it? But she's an old, yeah, Italian, Italian
0: actress, best known for her
7: part as Titania Romanova. And yeah, so she was a model. A lot of them are. Um, I think the, the thing I always take away from that film when I watch it again is just how politically incorrect
0: the whole gypsy scene is. Yes! <laughs> <Not laughs> gy-
7: I, I fighting. actually
0: <laughs> mentioned this to James. Not enough gypsy fights in other bomb <laughs>
7: <films>. <laughs> But They, they did kind of go back that way with, uh, I think it was Octopus. He had a little bit of yeah. that. Kind of women touch. fighting for the entertainment of men. Yeah. But certainly from Russia with love is very, very close to the mark. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Quite an, also, I think it's, um, when you look at these as a kind of a historical film, it's quite interesting to look mm. at Istanbul yeah. during that period, because it's a very, very different place now. Mm. Uh, and and certainly,
6: well, also, pretty- when, when they return to Istanbul in the world's not enough, and yeah. then, albeit fleetingly, and you can kind of see the differences, you know, like Istanbul's yeah. kind of run by the oil companies, because, you know, all the oil goes down to Istanbul gets it's, shipped.
7: It's, yeah, it's no longer a Cold War front. That's the difference, because mm. obviously during the, the height of the Cold War, when, when From Russia With Love was being made, obviously it's a Cold War film, essentially. Mm. And, uh, and, and uh, it makes me laugh that the, the, the MacGuffin in From Russia With Love was rehashed later in. Uh, the Enigma machine.
0: Oh, yeah, it was in the... Sp- um, for your don't think It's, identity. The, yeah. it's, 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 it's the, the ATAC.
7: ATAC, yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's yeah. The, basically the same machine. But that was because... Or you'll talk about that probably later. But Furious Only was a different film; it wasn't actually a Bond film originally, and they needed to kind of Bondify it, so they kind of took that bit and put
0: it in. I would have said the same thing about License to Kill. That doesn't seem like a goddamn Bond film at all. <laughs> no, it's just no. It's just we'll deal with that in the next and it's, the next episodes.
7: I, I, again, I think uh, one of the, the, the main thing I'd to take away from With Russia Love is that it was the first film to 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 put in a proper henchman. Uh in Robert Shaw. Yeah. yeah, red but He has hardly any lines. I mean he's such a great actor and, and apparently he spent most of the history. He has he has no lines but his presence is felt oh, all
6: he's got no lines. He's he
0: does he... a lot of posh talking. Yeah. He does uh, yeah, he does a lot of uh, old bean and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, old, uh, old, uh, old man. He calls, him, he calls him old man. Old man which is one of the things like there's one of the like four things he says that give him away to Bond. Hmm. He orders the, the red Kianti and Bond's like, uh, he ordered red kianti, that means he's a Russian <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, I think he said, oh, he said something else which gave him away. I can't remember. And then he also, he cack-handedly spills Bond's Chianti and then slips. I mean, like, he pretty much stands in front of Bond and drops the uh, sleeping pill into it. Yeah. It's that cack-handed.
7: I mean, he's he was a, you know, a triple-A actor at that point in his career, and Mm. and he's horribly underused, I think, in that film.
0: Yeah. He should have been been pursuing Bond the whole way through. His
6: presence is all the way through the film. He's kind of like a a You know, thirty-year precursor to Darth Maul. Mm. His his presence is always there. He's always the villain. He's always nearby. I mean, Christ, when um, what's it like? He's the opening. He's the uh, pre-credits sequence. Mm. He's.
0: We don't even meet Bond for seventeen minutes.
6: Exactly. Yeah, he's introduced quite early on. Like when they, you know, when they, when Rosa Klebb hires him. As Mm. soon as Bond arrives in Istanbul, he's there in a Mm. car following him. He's there at the, you know, the politically incorrect gypsy fight sniping. You know, he's always there, so he had a great presence for someone who didn't speak for the vast mm-hmm.
0: majority of the film. It, he's Carl Urban in The Bourne Supremacy. He is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, uh, here's a couple of interesting things. One, my father changed his name from Alan Nunn in the mid-60s to Alan Shaw because of Robert Shaw. That's cool. No My way. father, had he had his way, would have called me Robert Shaw. But my mother put her foot down and named me after Paul McCartney. <laughs> um, so then I had to change my name to my middle name, Alex, uh, in the 1999, more than on that. You
6: should, have changed, you should have changed it to Robert and then got a watch d- go No, because it.
0: that would have been like, hey, Dad, you were right the first time. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, and here's the other thing. Looking at Robert Shaw's eyes, he was Quentin Jaws as well, and uh, excellent at that role. Um, but if you look at his eyes, Daniel Craig has the same eyes. These dangerous blue shark-like eyes. Yeah, and uh, he has a very similar mannerism to him as well. Um, and that train sequence, I got to say, not really a fan of the Connery Bonds or any of the older Bonds anymore. But that train sequence is still fucking great. The actual what le- you know, a, a tense standoff leading up to a uh, what leading up to Connery getting punked. Uh, in the most pathetic way possible, but yeah. then a really great close-quarters fight, which is only better after that in GoldenEye. Yeah, really, really great stuff.
6: It, it, was, it was a great film. Like, it was very much... It felt a lot faster-paced and a lot more exotic than Doctor No, because Doctor No, we have two locations. We have Jamaica and we have London, and London's just there to send Bond on his way. Here, we've gone, you know, we've gone from London to Istanbul... Mm-hmm. The, you know, Spectre Island, wherever that is, and wherever the, you know, they're training all the um, the bad guys, to, you know, and, and Istanbul, we go all over the place. It's not gypsy camp. In, yeah, the gypsy camp. You know, it's not back and forth between the same club and the same hotel. It's hmm. all, you know, and the same bar. It's all over the place. You know, the gypsy camp, the, um, the rug store, the catacombs, the Russian embassy, to the train. The train goes, you know, through, so there's this constant sense of travelling. And then after the escape from the train, after the, the escape from the train, it all feels a bit tame, the, you know, the driving through the countryside. The
0: helicopter sequence where bo- Basically, it's a six-minute protracted sequence mm. of Bond falling over, yes. over and over again. While the he- because they'd spent the money on the helicopter, they were like, we're going to fucking get our worth out of this yeah,
4: helicopter. absolutely. Let's
0: film it from 83 different angles.
6: But, I mean, like that to the you know, the boat chase, I, it kind of felt like they're off the train, that felt like the escape, and this is just extra action sequence to pad it out until we get to Venice for
0: the finale. Um, Which looked very evocative of Casino Royale. It, I like, <laughs> it did, it did.
6: Um, but yeah, you know, like, it, it was just, you know, it, it was such a great film because, you know, it, you got the sense, it was the first one where you got, really got the sense of, you know, the globe-trotting Bond.
4: Mm. who
0: goes Oh, and travel for... in those days was, like, the thing that you could not do. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Only the, 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 the elite and the hoi polloi were able to get on a plane and go somewhere. You yeah. just, I mean, if you lived in England, that was it. You, you wouldn't see anywhere else. You might see Menorca. Yeah.
6: And well, Bond has always been Bond has always been about that, you know, like doing what, you know, living the lifestyle that everyone wishes they have. So, you know, okay. traveling to all these far flung, exotic places, staying in these really swanky hotels, spending loads of money in casinos, and you know, that that's always what Bond has been about. It's been a very aspirational, you know, like when you think I, I don't, don't want to say I think it's FHM, like whatever mag is, where every single ad, every other page is an advert for an Omega watch or a sharp suit or a sports car. Or um, whatever. That's a nice watch. Don't mention uh, you <laughs> Sorry,
7: not okay.
6: an not on <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm Rolex. But you know it's what it's I mean? In. Those magazines where every other page is an advert for something that no one can afford, or no one can afford without taking a serious dent to their pay packet, that, if you put all those ads together, that is what a
7: Bond film is. Yes, G- GQ, basically.
6: Yeah, yeah, GQ, that's the one, that's the yeah. one.
7: I, yeah. I think uh, the, the other thing I always take from r- with Russia with that, well, I actually think it's, it's Connery's best performance as Bond. Well yeah, as as, Particularly in the later ones, he, he phoned them in a bit. Oh, it's did. Particularly yeah. the
0: last one. When it the, the irony is, he asked for an exorbitant amount. We'll get to that in Diamonds Are Forever, but he oh, got paid. Yeah. Ridiculous plus dollar sign. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, he was just like shouting up, hey, how's it going? I'm James Bond again. How's it going? The film is a piece of
7: shit. Uh, by that point, he hated playing the role, and he was just doing it for the money. Yeah. And then he did another one, so, yeah. Yeah. Because well, he needed was, more money.
0: <laughs> right, so let's, let's get off from what with would love, and I would like to get off with Titania, Tatiana Romanova. Yeah, I,
7: I think
6: she's I've got to probably... mention
0: Rosa Kleb. Indeed, yes. A vicious old woman, basically Frau Farbiss with yeah. a pointy shoe. She's
6: yeah. brilliant. Like, they, they kind of downplayed it, but like in the book, she's very... Um, she's got some very strong homosexual tendencies, so
0: she actually does try. I have to... have embraced the love that dare not speak its name. Exactly. Yeah. Her name is Unibrow.
6: <laughs> Her name is Unibrow. Um, <laughs> she did actually like. She she was actually a very very inappropriate with Tatiana, and you know, Tatiana, w- when you see it in the film now. She's still quite uncomfortable. She's like, you know, stand up, she spin around. Like you're a, you're a
0: fine-looking girl. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's a real labour of
6: love. You're, like, stroking her face. You've yeah, got so a yeah. lot more personal than that. Is she
0: German or
6: Russian? She, I think she's
7: meant to be Russian.
6: She's meant to be Russian. She comes off as pretty bloody well, German.
7: Well, I would yes. say she's East
0: German. Kleb is a German name, so... Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to go ahead and say German. She's so Soviet. But it's Spectre she's they were working German, for at that yeah. point. yeah So... Yeah, they couldn't say Smersh because that was actually refer- referring to a real life uh, Russian thing, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes.
6: Okay. Although they did uh, reference Smersh, like when was it? When they talk about her defection to Spectre, she Spectre. mentions that she did work. At yeah. She was in Smersh,
0: which, by the way, is not a scary sounding organisation. <laughs> It sounds like something you put on uh, toast and put some chocolate on top of it. Sounds like what happens when you take that toast and drop it was, it. No, it's, it's hardly the KGB or the Stasi. Yeah, the KGB sounds fucking terrifying. Yes, yeah, Stasi like, far worse. Stasi, uh, actually, one of the best lines in a Bond, not even in a film, uh, in the Golden Eye video game on the N sixty four Money Penny's note to you is grabbed by the Spetsnas, Sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two things. One, this is considered by many to be the best Bond. Case for and against. It's become the iconic James Bond film. I think that's
7: more well so than Goldfinger. It. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about Goldfinger now. Sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 from Russia with love. From Russia, Russia
0: with love. I think basically, I, Bond it, aficionados. I think who, if you're, yeah, uh, Goldfinger not all that. Would say this is the yeah, best. Yeah, one.
7: if you're a fan of the original, if you're a
0: fan of the source material, you like Connery best, and you like. This and you like
7: that, eh? yeah. And, and you and you like the source material. Though I think from Rush to Love is it. the closest in spirit to mm. uh, to
0: to the original books. Yeah, it's the only one of the co- the old ones which actually got a PS2 game.
6: Yes, yeah. true. It, yeah. It, it still introduced, and you know, as many, not quite as many as Goldfinger did, but he introduced a number of the tropes that Bond became going yep. for. So, you know, the gadgets. Q. First
0: was, Q, wasn't it? It was it the major push Well, he
6: was—he was technically in. Um, where? Say technically, it, Doctor No, the the armsman who gives him the war for PBK. Oh,
0: Master at Arms. Yeah. Mar- yeah, Mar- yeah, actually, they got that wrong. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said, "We're taking away your quite good." Um, Beretta, here's a crappy little Walter PPK, it's got a much better stopping power. That doesn't make any sense.
6: Yes, but, uh, but that character, albeit not named on screen or even in the credits, I think, is actually Major Bruthoid in the books. That's supposed to be Q. Um, so that is supposed to be Q. So technically that's the first Q. But this is the first Desmond Llewellyn Q. It's the first
0: gadget, you know, that su- the suitcase. Here's a suitcase with a knife in it and so some sovereigns, gold sovereigns. Gold sovereigns. And we've got the sovereigns, good for bribing for a last cigarette. Very good for bribing for a last cigarette. Um, At what point did Red go, yes, OK, I'm going to do this. I will give him his last cigarette. While I'm monologuing for this 20-minute period, <laughs> while I tell on how much of an idiot he is and how brilliant I am, may as well give him a cigarette. Oh, no, he's punked me. About as easily as he punked Bond. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit less. There was a bit more subterfuge.
6: Yeah, you know, there, was, there was that. Like, so, you know, Q, the gadgets, the big, beefy, you know,
0: almost Aryan henchman. You know, because Robert, Robert Shaw, Second most Aryan henchman, obviously, with the first being... Stamper? Yeah, Mr. Stamper. And well done. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Stamper. He's like, I mean, Hitler would pat <laughs> him on miss,
6: the head and go, "Well." done. Like, Mr. Stamper is, you know, is you know, the, the kind of a, a future model of uh, Red Cran. Even in um, you only live twice. There's an, another. I can't remember his name, but is uh, Hans. I think it's Hans. It's just the name of this just big beefy Red yeah, grunt lookalikes, who whose only purpose at the end is to put a slightly tougher yeah. fight for double. Uh,
7: Darth Vader. The, the guy who was Hans was Peter, um, Dave Prowse. Who was no way. Was he
4: Dave Prowse? Yeah. So I'm assuming he
0: never actually spoke. No,
7: he didn't. No, he, didn't know. Know. he just <laughs> he gets eaten by piranhas. He just sticks around. In the background. He's, he's barely in it. He? He's in like ten minutes in the last... Yeah, it's, that's Dave Prowse. I what did not know much? that. Great big, you know, whatever he
0: was, six foot seven yeah. Hulk. Yeah. But again,
7: he was just meant to be another Red Grand,
4: wasn't he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. One last thing on From Russia with Love John F. Kennedy, who loved the first Bond film, and this was his favourite Bond book, saw it on the 20th of November, 1963, two days before he went to Dallas and was shot dead. Blimey. Mm. He saw it at the White House, so uh, this was probably his last movie. Not a bad one to go out on, I suppose. Absolutely. There are far worse films to see as your last film. Yes. He could have seen Casino Royale, 1967, was it?
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fucking awful. Right, Goldfinger, 1964 gold finger
5: <laughs> he's the man the man with the widest touch the spider's touch
1: such a cold finger <laughs> pretty girl beware of his web of sin but don't go in and a golden knows when he's kissed it's the kiss of death from Mr.
5: Goldfinger
3: Gold finger. He's the man, the man with the mightest touch. A spider's touch. Such a cold finger beckons you to enter his way. Kiss of death from Mr. Goldfinger.
0: Pretty girl, beware of... Pussy galore. Ulrich Goldfinger. Odd job, Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Laser. I, Odd job. <laughs>
4: yeah. As I as said.
0: Well, okay, right. Sharon said this earlier. Um, She doesn't think that the hat has like a razor edge to it. She just thinks it's got lead in it so that it just hit that girl and just killed her
7: but it goes through solid steel
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a lead even if it's made of solid lead it's not going to knock the head off that thing yeah. and also yeah I, I don't know so what is the implication there that it is razor sharp and it did slash her throat but we just didn't see any blood yeah i think uh,
7: it's yeah it's either that was broken her neck in some broken you know, severed yeah. a burst
0: brain or something like
7: that Obviously, they didn't have the special effects or you know the age
6: rating for like a severed head <laughs> <laughs>
0: But they, uh... Could do it honestly, with, they you could, could do it with a statue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Mum doesn't have her running away and then just Bond going, Oh, no! Oh, that's too much! <laughs> so, yeah, she's the second sister who gets butchered by Goldfinger in that film. I love the way he crushes
7: a golf ball, which actually inside is full of elastic. Rubber, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> Should have bounced out of his hands and... Oh! Yeah. He you know, probably dislocated a finger trying to do that. Yeah. Um, OK, so, I mean... It, Best and worst bits of Goldfinger. Worst bit for me. This is as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Fuck you, Bond.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably my best bit then.
4: Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God.
7: Fuck is that, oh, no. I was, I was uh, in a bar in France on Saturday, and because there, were, there was a whole load of Brits there, they decided to put the Beatles on. And I, uh, oh, the, the greatest band ever. I wanted to murder myself. But... <laughs> I, I kind of feel like this this film is, is quite overrated in the history of Bond films. It's it
6: is. Good, it's good. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's a good, it's a classic, it's the one that, that most people know, you know, the whole, you know, laser table and, you know, do you expect me to talk, no, I expect you to die, all of that, you know, that's the most common Bond yeah. parody going but I wouldn't say this is the best Bond film because like, I don't know. I just it's it's overrated. It's it's almost silly this one. When you when you compare like to the you know, the grittiness of From Russia with Love comparatively, this one's quite silly.
0: But then compared to the more ones. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it's fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> but, but
6: out of the Connery one, out of the Connery ones, with the exception of Dinosaur Forever, this one is the silliest. This is the
7: you know, the almost more co- so than You Only Live Twice. Yeah, no, you only live A Hollowed out volcano. Well, yeah. these they, they, yeah, I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for you only live
0: twice because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a soft spot for it, but it is silly. It is silly. Well, it's it's Bond silly, puts on he, a wig and suddenly he's a Japanese man. It's, yeah, it's silly. It's <laughs> silly within the
7: realms of Bondness.
0: Let's go to that in two more, two, two more films, but we've okay. got. To... Get, I think get Goldfinger,
7: you know, white. Yeah, I, I think the, Gold, the, the thing with Goldfinger is it has an iconic bad guy. So mm. you know, um, it Goldfinger is you know the the archetypal mad, rich genius. You know, and he's um, German, which makes it easier to hate him. Yeah, yeah. In, in, indeed. And and, and the, that's greedy the and murderous. The actual underlying concept in it, you know, the fact that he's he wants to control. The world market in gold, you know, I, I was watching QI the other day and they mentioned that if you took all the gold in the world and slapped it together, it would be a cube 55 by 55 by 55. You know, there isn't actually that much gold in the world. Is it
0: feet, 55 feet?
7: Uh, meters of feet. Uh, is it meters of feet? I can't remember now. It's still pretty small. It's pretty small, yeah. And, um, so the <laughs> actual concept of irradiating like two thirds of the world's gold is, is quite a, is quite <laughs> sound. And I think that, it's, it's quite g- easy for people to understand, whereas pre- in the previous two films, it wasn't really too clear what
6: the yeah. whole
0: purpose of the... Well, there was the a machine, the Russians it. wanted it, that's bad. It was, yeah. it was
6: quite a simple plot. It was quite a simple plot in terms of, you know, like, this is the bad guy, you're introduced him from, from the beginning, you don't know what he's up to, and then at the very end he explains the entire plan to Bond. The, the whole, you know, using a nuclear device to irradiate the supply, A, that fits in with the whole, you know, nuclear devices are the fear of the time... Mm. But it'd be, I, I believe in the book, the plan is just to rob the rob Fort Knox. I don't. You
0: think said they were terrorists.
6: That, you know, I don't. I don't think there was a um, a nuclear device in the book, which you know, as Bond points out in the film, would just take too bloody long to um to you know just lift all the gold out.
4: Yeah.
7: Yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense, you know, hmm. from that you know, from that point of view. And I, and I I I particularly like the scene where he uh he murders all the mafiosos. he's you know, kind of Yes.
0: Oh that with the worst delivered line in the film. Goldfinger, we've waited long enough. Where's our money?
4: You'll <laughs> be
6: one million bucks.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
6: I do love, I do love that that room where like the the table flips over and there's all you know all this yeah. because all it reminds me of is um Stingray that agent's house on the coast <laughs> all of the furniture flips round and suddenly it's a computer room. It reminds me of it's
7: my Mermaid. Super Lex Luthor and Superman where he's got the map on the floor, kind yeah. of same sort of thing. But yeah, again, I'm I'm sure you know all these films that we're playing it to uh, stem from this because it's probably the first film I actually did that you know the yeah. evil genius with his with his million dollar model you know. <laughs> It was also the first of the Bond
6: films that did the pre-credit sequence that had nothing to do with the main
0: film. Mm-hmm. It was just a sh- oh, is that with the fucking shocking, simply shocking? Thing? Yes.
4: Oh. <laughs> he, uh, possibly uh, the for worst. For those who, who haven't time.
0: seen it in a while, um, he goes back to a woman's room. She's in a bath. She gets out. She gets. She starts to canoodle with him, and then she sort of uh, looks over in the corner, and a guy sneaks out from behind Bond with a sap, and he sees the reflection in her eye. Spins her around so she gets clobbered and then chucks the guy in the bath and electrocutes him and then says, shocking, simply shocking. Was that the first time he'd actually made a, a, a pun about someone's death? Uh, then I, know I think he That's, think that's he the, the, the most
6: iconic um, one so, for, so far. It's, it's yeah. an
0: obvious one, yeah, if it's he said anything previously.
7: I think he said something uh, in Doctor No when he killed the, the scientist. There so, uh,
6: yeah, so was, it, was it a like the, the assassination from from Russia with
7: Love where the guy's trying to climb out through the mouth of
6: the
0: film star oh, on the
4: poster. Oh, God, yeah, right, yeah, Do you
0: notice that no one ever dies like they did in the 60s films anymore? They don't go... <laughs> and sort of arch their back and like paroxysms of pain across their face and just like fling themselves sideways. Like everyone who dies in Star Trek exactly the same way. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, one more thing. Pussy Galore. I'm not sure how subtly they handle this in the book or the film, but she's basically a lesbian and has been uh, taught to not... Uh, be it anyway, in any way attracted to men, and she's been trained not to be attracted to Bond, and he basically cures her. And he basically cures her by raping her.
6: Yeah, yeah again, again that was, again, the, the lesbian context was much, um, much stronger in the book, and the, the conversion, you know,
0: the curing, if you I think you will, there's some sort of like, was... I, I've, I, I don't, I'm not attracted to your sort, or something like I, that. I'm immune. I'm immune yeah. if you know what um, I mean and when. and also the fact that
7: you know back then women did not wear trousers very often unless they mm. were like, Could, you you know, know, she's a one of those lesbian but she does strut yeah. around for most of the film in her trousers yeah
0: she has embraced the love the dead, of speaking that dare not speak <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well done bond there scoring one for us heteros absolutely good um, it, it, it was it's a good film i like it to like say it's a good film
6: i just think it's a little overrated it's got a lot of absolutely classic scenes which even when you watch them back are you know quite nostalgic? So the Aston Martin car chase with the ejector seat, the you know the laser table scene, mm-hmm. and the whole film, you know, is still good fun to watch. But it's certainly not the the be all and end all that some fans seem to think it is.
0: Was this the first one where it had um, women that Bond was attracted to um, were were out to kill Goldfinger and who you know he had them killed, but he ends up bedding the the. the- mole of the villain, was, that happened a the, lot it, later It was on. the
6: first one where, like, you know, the women he's with die. Die, yeah. In the film.
0: Twice. Twice. Sisters, no less. Yes. Like, going for the set there. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he definitely, one of, one of Bond's best ways of uh, biting his thumb at the villain is, is to fuck their mole and convert them so that well, they are I, both, both hetero and they're also traitors when the yeah. first the first woman he he
7: beds in the film dies within yep. about 30 seconds you know in so, bed indeed the old uh, skin suffocation also yeah. while we're on women which thanks. is which is f- a completely
0: false isn't it is it yeah no it's it's uh, it's, yeah, it's bullshit it, it this is in no way to importune the series, but uh, actual, genuine, real-life spies have been documented as saying that James Bond is one of the most inept spies ever on screen. I mean, apart from Austin Powers. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, you... I mean, but then again, he's been in so many films and, and done so many situ- uh, situations that there are going to be an amass of different mistakes that he's made. But then
6: that's like... Like, that's like asking whether or not Indiana Jones is actually a competent archaeologist.
7: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, no, no spy is going to announce who
0: they are. You know, that's another thing I was going to ask. Because if Bond isn't a codename and it's his actual name, and he stalks into casinos owned by the villain the world over twenty-two times in a row and announces his name just you, just so you can get an assassin up in my bedroom, um, I'm Bond, James Bond. So uh, yeah, lay out the snakes. <laughs> th- th- that is, I mean, seriously, no spy should ev- could ever do that.
6: There is this implication, like I'd certainly, like quite a few films that. that... That James Bond is, is that well known. Like what's it like? In Diamonds are forever when he kills that, um he kills Peter, Peter Franks, the diamond yep. smuggler, swaps yep. wallet with him, and Tiffany Case is like, oh my god, you just killed, just killed, James, killed Bond. James Bond! You don't yeah. kill so, James Bond and wait for the cuffs to arrive. It's like, no, you shouldn't know who James Bond yeah.
0: is. Because if he wanders into a casino and says, I'm James Bond, suddenly 52 rifles on him all Yeah, I mean, I like, find that uh,
6: like, you know, like, you know, Spectre obviously would know who Bond is because he's defeated them so many times, but little diamond smugglers mm. wouldn't.
0: Not including gay henchmen. On to that in a few minutes. <laughs> right. Thunderbolt, 1965. Dominique Domino de Val, Emilio Largo, and a song by Tom Jones. It was very, you know, Vegas back in those days. One of my favourite Bond
6: songs. Although I prefer the David Arnold arrangement on the Shaking the Stirred album. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I would go along with that. I have so little to say about Thunderball, possibly because I haven't seen it in a long while. Um, I just, when I was a kid, I always thought the jetpack would be in there for a full sequence and not just a little, hey, you got a jetpack? I was it's very disappointed. The with, poster. I
6: was very disappointed with the jetpack. He takes off a roof. He crosses the road. He lands.
0: You, you couldn't That's have it. just run?
6: Yeah, exactly. it could have abseiled down and it would have looked cooler.
0: Would it not have been less dangerous? Because, I mean, back in those days, Jetpack's really unproven.
4: Mm. Well, yes, yeah, pretty sometimes, much now
0: as
6: well. Thunderclap is a good yeah. film. I, I, it's it's not one of my favourites. It was actually the last of the Bond films that I ever saw um, mm. yeah, before the, yeah in terms of year before they started coming out again. So, um... So, like,
0: early 90s.
6: So, yeah, I I think I saw it... um, It was the last one I... Last of the old Bond films
0: I saw before Was Not Enough has come out. James, how old are you again? I'm 25. Right, so you're, like... Yeah. Again, I think... In, in all of our cases, it's kind of important that our dads were into Bond. Yeah. Because it's kind of like football. You don't suddenly get into it. You kind of have to yeah, be nudged could, into it. Fortunately,
6: no. my, my dad wasn't into football. My dad was into Bond,
7: so that's yeah. where I came from. Yeah, I was into any kind of spy thing, so I used to watch, you know, The Man from Uncle. And, uh, oh, and, right. and I, I love so, all the Harry Palmer films as well, which are, you know, the Len Day ones were around the same time. So anything Cold War, basically... The um, Chris falling the spider. Yeah, indeed, and yes. yes. And uh, funeral in Berlin. Oh, did you see Blue Ice?
0: No. That's uh, that's a Harry Palmer film. It was with Sean Young and an aged Michael Caine. Uh, oh, I have old, seen that. Yes, yeah. yes, I have seen that. Yeah, you yeah, at the very beginning, later. he's yeah. at a funeral for a friend, and he says that basically he got hit on the head by a hunk of frozen piss that fell out of an aeroplane, <laughs> which is an actual documented thing called Blue Ice. Yeah. And uh, the idea being that, you know, when he falls in love with Sean Young, it's like a bolt from the blue, like blue ice. Nice. Yes. And
6: to go to, so to go to the Thunderbolt, like I said, like, it's the last film I ever saw, Um. Yeah. before they, they started making new ones again. And yep. um, I wasn't as impressed. Despite the fact, when I look back on it, it's actually, it's where the series started ramping up. Beforehand, mm. all the crimes had been quite small. You know, like, you know, the lector is just, oh, you know, it's a, the MacGuffin that, you know, in the grand scheme of world peace, doesn't matter. Doctor No was toppling rockets where it just looks like malfunctions. That's specifically targeted against them, targeted against the U.S. You know, Goldfinger's a, a, you know, a, heist. a heist movie, isn't it? Uh-huh. Thunderball, hijacking nuclear weapons, holding the world you know, to ransom, and the sheer scale of Spectre, the, the meeting at the beginning where you see all the different members of Spectre, including Largo and, you know, Blofeld's up on the, um, on the platform behind the screen. You start to get a sense of how big this organisation is and how serious a threat it is. Because so far, we've just seen some uncom- incompetent henchmen and a man stroking a cat. Now, we knew that Spectre was big and something to be afraid
7: of.
0: Mm. I think Wasn't uh, uh, Largo number two? Yes.
7: Yeah, he's, yeah, yes, he's number two. Um, number one. I have to say, Thunderball was probably my favourite of the Connery films. And... Um, probably one of my top two or three of all of them i i i absolutely adore it it was was the first one i bought on video um when i could afford to buy video cassettes you know vhs's it was the first one i bought on dvd when dvd was a new format as well i i absolutely adore it Uh um i I don't think it's the best film but there's just certain things about it which i i really that i really dig um and probably the main thing for me is the fact that the 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 henchman, if you like, or the 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 sinister person in this is actually a woman. It's yeah. one of the, it's one of the few that actually have, and she's really good. I mean, really good. She, she's you, brilliant. You would think she, she would murder you in your sleep. How is that Volp? Yeah.
0: Gion, yeah. Fiona Volp. Yeah. And Jesus, I, I didn't even have to look that one up. I just think
7: she's fantastic. You know, and uh, the scene where she's driving him back to the hotel, right. uh, and it's kind of the you know the kind of cheesy. Um, Rotoscope thing, whatever they call it, you know, with the thing in the background. I was in the back, back projected The yeah. Back projected thing, yeah. But They it, it, did a lot of that. Uh, they did a lot of it, but it's just so well done, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't break Connery as an actor. His best films actually came in the late 70s with things like the Anderson tapes, but he, he, he and was the really Roche. good in... Let's not forget The Rock. And The Rock, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was, I thought he was really good in that scene, but I just... Just from beginning to end, I just I just love the idea of this kind of you know this dark conspiracy mm-hmm. uh, and and this kind of you know this you know this 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 spectre this 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 underworld organisation that, that uh, is effectively just wants money, that's what they're after, um, and they've assembled this this sort of motley crew of double dealing people who would quite happily stab each other or murder each other or feed someone to sharks, you know and. Um, I just think it it just ticks all the boxes. It's set in the Bahamas, which I mm. think all Bond films at some point have to go Is this near. the
0: one where they get dragged behind the boat? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, do they do that? I, I mean, he, he, ties, he ties them together, and I was thinking, well, it's not, no, it's not no, the worst no, thing I, that could happen
6: to you. That's for your eyes only, where they get tied up together yeah. and then dragged behind a boat. Off the off the Again, yeah.
0: not the worst thing that could happen to you, being tied to Melina. No. no. Who, <laughs> by the way, I, I, I think I might mention this next week... Uh, Melina, she's Greek, and the Melina means honey in Greek, which is a reference to Honey Rider from Doctor No. Nice. Um, did the, the other,
7: the other thing about this, and, and uh, for your eyes only, actually, which is another one of my favourites, is the the underwater photography. And I think this, mm. I, I think this right, let's just do a quick Wikipedia thing here, but I think this one, um, Thunder won a load of awards for its underwater photography because it had just <laughs> never really been done before. Oh, yeah. um, good point. I suppose, if, yeah. Be... And it it was sensational. You know, it's the the the. Particularly the scene at the end with uh, you know so many uh, uh, stuntmen and actors sort of thrashing around in the water, which is terribly dangerous.
0: Uh, the only other thing I've got as a note, a bullet point down here, is that Felix in this film was played by
7: Rick Van Nutter.
0: Yeah, great name. Died. Fantastic recently. name. Fantastic. But name. Uh, yeah, great name. He, he was one of the uh, I think there were nine Felixes over the years.
6: Mm. Mm. made me laugh because when we watched uh, when I watched Thunderball like my dad was watching with me and he goes here you go who's this and he's pointing out like when I think Rick Van Nutt is um, just following Bond around the pool and he's going you know go, who's that did you yeah. recognise him I was like no who's him going a bit it's like oh it's Felix Leiter." it's like but that's ne- he's never played Felix Leiter before why the
0: hell would I recognise him the, that lends weight to my James Bond is just a code name. if there's nine fucking Felix Leiters, yeah, and they're I, all a the different guy that's casting issues <laughs> Mm. The only one actually returned was that the guy who was Felix in uh, View, no, I'm License okay. to
7: Kill,
6: L- Live and L- L- Let, L- Let, L- L- Let Die L- L- was
0: in License to Kill because they had to have him connected with a previous Felix.
6: And ironically, the whole shark maiming What happened in Live and Let Die. Yeah, it happens in the Live and Let Die book, but it was saved for the License to
0: Kill film. They didn't save it. They no, just did it. It was back. They were just going. Let's do something from a Bond film, because otherwise this isn't even a Bond film. Yes. Right. Well, oh, the best bit in uh, *License to Kill*: the pressure chamber. That bit went. Up oh, to kill. Yes. I was like, oh, fuck
7: it. Yeah. Possibly the greatest fum th- 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 ever. Th- th- Okay,
0: we'll do that in a few episodes.
7: Okay. I, I'll just go back to Thunderball, though. I think I would say, if you've never seen a Connery film, which is, you know, I don't think as many people left on Earth, you probably haven't, but if you've never seen any of the Connery films, this would be the one I would say you should watch first. Even then, my daughter's seen Dragonheart. She is three years old. <laughs> you know what I mean. A Connery Bond. Yeah. Um, this would be the one I think you should to watch start first. Yeah. 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 Because I think Not it just has Goldfinger. a bit of everything. No, I think... No, because golfing is just
0: because it's got so many things that were repeated later, it yeah. almost feels clichéd. Mm.
7: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, I'm just not... I, much as I enjoy Goldfinger, I just think this is the archetypal Connery Bond. This is, this is. Although, as I said, I, don't, I think his performance in, uh, in From Russia With Love was better. I think this is the
0: one where all the pieces fit together the best. I'm going to go with Russia as Connery's best. James, do you want to make a judgement now, or should we carry on?
6: Uh, I, I'm divided between Russia and You Only Live Twice, because You Only Live Twice was one of my favourites. <laughs>
0: 1967, starring Ernst Stavro Blofeld the first, because it was the first time we actually got to see the bugger. Yeah. Uh, Target Tanaka, sung by uh, Nancy Sinatra. This is the Ernst Stavro Blofeld that Doctor Evil is modeled on. Donald Pleasant's uh, weird facial scar. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. That guy. Yeah. And about- lots of
6: cheesy puns. You know, it's like, you know, you can you can see it all on TV. It's the last show you're ever likely to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, the gloating and the telling his entire plan, Hollow That Volcano, Small Private Army, um, Little Nelly, the helicopter that flies well, around, and this small.
7: This is, this is one of, um Lewis Gilbert's three films, and the things that, the thing that all three of his films had in common were ridiculous sets. I mean, ludicrously large, yeah. enormous, mm. expensive, Underground monorails. Rails. Yeah, so he did this. He did. He did um, Moonraker, and he did the
0: Spy Who Loved Me. All oh, that stands to reason. They're all pretty much the same goddamn film. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah,
7: and I have to say that you know they're probably my least favourites of this period.
0: James, but... your favourite m- more is the Spy Who Loved Me. I think this kind of film makes you light up. I am bad. I, l- I love You Live
6: Twice. I do. I absolutely love it. It's, it's my favourite. I, I, I know you're saying like you know, the ridiculous sets and all that, but just for me, it was, you know, it's the, bearing in mind when I first watched this, I was, you know, I was a child. You know, it's the set, it's the adventure, it's the scale of it. It's like, oh my god, there's this huge base, you know, that all the, enemy, you know, the enemies are operating out of, and no one knows. And, it, you know, I, that, sti- that still appeals to the inner child in me. And a large part of what I will be talking about over these next few weeks is the inner child in yeah, me that, that first watched Bond.
0: I, the inner child isn't actually all that far in for you, James. No, of Frankly, mine dominates.
7: <laughs> I'm kind of divided on this film because I think this film is overly written. I mean, Ro, uh, Roald Dahl wrote the, the screenplay and the story oh, it and did, it's too it? intricate. There's just too many things.
4: Mm.
7: And I think what this film really badly suffers from is some horrendous editing. I mean, mm. absolutely shocking. You know, most of the, with the exception of the fight sequence, which is on the roof of the in um, of the uh, uh, the warehouse on the, Love uh, that in idea. the harbor,
0: that with the loads of
7: which was shot, uh, yeah, which was actually shot not by Lewis Gilbert, but by his uh, assistant director, who went on to make some of the later films. I think it was um, Peter Hunt.
0: I think so. A did... superior director.
7: It, well, yeah, yeah. Peter Hunt. He did the animation, Secret Service. Yeah. So that actual okay. sequence was shot by him. Um, but the rest of the film was Lewis Gilbert, you know, giant sets and terrible editing. You know, he, he was the kind of Michael Bay of his day, in my view. So I, oh, the reason I don't like this film, I mean, he was better with Moonraker and and, and the uh, Spy Love Me, because I think he ditched the, whoever the editor was. I can't remember. Let's have a look here. Oh, it does that suggest he's by Peter See, or, For me, Moonraker <laughs> is atrocious. I hate it. Moonraker's Moonraker. not good. Moonraker really isn't good. Yeah, actually the editor was the guy who shot that roof sequence, so there we go. What do I know? But the editing is, on the whole, throughout the whole film, just so choppy and messy, and, and the kind of, I think it was just because there was so much in it, so there, you know, Rod Dale put so much in the story, You're going from scene to 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 scene without even pausing for breath. So kind of like the point where he gets married. Yeah, exactly. It's just like Quantum of Solace. There's so much content. But then it gets to the point where he marries the Japanese lady and it just grinds to a halt. He does slow down a lot. So the pacing of the film is all over the place as well. You know, so I always find it to be honest to be a bit of a mess. It's spectacular, but it's it's, I find thematically, dramatically to be uh, to be yeah just a just a
0: jumble of of scenes strictly kind of stitched together really. Hmm. Question: When Charles Gray as Dicko Henderson got killed by a knife to the back, did did they recover his corpse and go? You might want to keep that one and want to change your face in like three years' time yeah four yeah. years time. Just,
7: there's several cases of that isn't there where the same actor has been used for two different things Yeah, uh,
0: Joe Don Baker was uh, the that's the, it, the, yeah the,
7: the uh, red military uh,
6: Maud Adams played two Bond girls yeah yep. yep. Oct- Octopussy, Octopussy and and, and, uh, and Andrea Golden. Anders Golden yeah. Gun
7: yeah yeah Dune Buggy
0: so yeah that's that's happened a bit um, anything else on the? UN? I mean, James, tell us why it's good. Please. I just, I,
6: I just love it because you know, it, it's for me. It's got the sense of adventure. Like bear in mind, I skip. It's just adventure. I, I missed Thunderball, <laughs> so for me, I, th- I think for me, this is my Thunderball. This uh-huh. is my. It's the epitome of a O'Con- Connery Bond. It's the vast. The world is at stake. Adventure. The you know the exciting set pieces. The shadowy conspiracy as to what's going on. You know the the gadgets the. Culture of like another land, I just I for me this is this is my thunderbolt. That that's the way i would you know kind of calms down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um I, I have very little to say on your lift twice. So let's just move on to Her Majesty Secret Service. Because this one's the most interesting for me, because you guys were just yakking about it on Twitter earlier <laughs> today. Yeah. I do not remember anything good about this film apart from the oh, end. My so God. stop scuffing. <laughs> just tell me why it's good.
2: An avalanche of action Bigger Better Different It's got to be when he's around Vistas of sweeping splendor Different It must be so If he's in the picture. (laughs) Fabulous beauties. All of them dolls. Every one different. They've got to be when he's around. My name's Bond. James Bond. The new Bond. Suppose I were to kill you for a thrill. The different 007. George Lazenberg, the different bond from the same stable. Diana Rake as the Comtesse, the different bond woman. This one's got class and style. The villains with the difference. Telly Savalas as Blofeld. A new destructive force. With a difference. If my demands are not met, I shall proceed with the systematic extinction of whole species of cereals and livestock all over the world. Gabrielle Fazzetti as Draco. A tough Matthew Daddy with a problem child. Papa, where's James? Don't worry, you'll join us soon. But we can't leave him. He doesn't need your help. I will not go without him. You'll have to. On the day you marry her, I'll give you a personal dowry of One million pounds. Oh, oh, 007 times more exciting than your wildest dream. The creative skills of the cinema's master filmmakers. We'll hit the rush hour. If you think you know your bond, think again. This one's different. This one's got heart. I love you. I know I'll never find another girl like you. Will you marry me?
7: So first of all, yes. When they when this when they were about making this film and they knew that they weren't going to have Connery, they mm. wanted to completely reinvent the franchise because right. the previous film had kind of been scoffed by critics as being over the top and daft, and, and you know they felt that Bond had was. just got too gone too far from the source material. So they asm kind of the, as was the case with Kind of Another Day, this then leading the, into
0: the, Casino Royale.
7: Yeah. yeah. On a magic secret surface is the original Casino Royale, or
0: indeed Moonraker leading onto to Eyes, aren't they?
7: Hmm. Yes. Um, In terms of... It tried to do exactly the same as Casino Royale did. It tried to completely reinvent the character. To almost totally start from scratch. To keep a few things in there for continuity. Hmm. But in essence this is a completely different Bond and they, they they hammer that fact home right at the very beginning in that opening scene where he turns to the camera and breaks the football and says this never happened to the other I guy hate that. I
0: hate that I hate that absolutely I hate
7: absolutely that. love that <laughs> I am indifferent
0: to it because
7: the key, <laughs> the key thing in that scene is he did the fighting Connery never did any of the stunts himself some of the he did some of the fights okay. which were heavily choreographed mm. but um, He's
0: quite stroppy, is Connery? Actually,
7: yeah. He, d- he, d- he doesn't muck in. Lazily did every single stunt himself um, because he actually, you know, as well as being a, a, a modeler, and he was in TV commercials and stuff. But he was. Wasn't a classic, he the
0: Green Cross cr- Cold Man?
4: Or Was, m- was that David Cros- Prowse? Dave Prowse. No, he was God the damn. he
7: was the the um, milk tray guy, the the, <laughs> the thing with the Oh <laughs> I know. Um, but I, th- th- so there is that. Okay. Secondly, this is by far. The, got the best score and the best soundtrack to all of the films and they they went to town in terms of choosing the music and setting the music I mean John Barry's score on this is sensational the uh, Louis Armstrong song is uh, so fitting and completely un-James Bond like
0: not going to dispute that one. Though. You know, I, I'm, and I'm the so thing, true, I'm agreeing with you with that. I, like, I I,
6: I'm, 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 I'm a fan of the David Arnold stuff, but out of the old, like the first 19 bonds, this is by far and away the best score.
7: Indeed. But even even like that, the, you know, we talk about the David Arnold um, shake-and-not-stirred and, and the, the <sighs> remix he did with the propeller heads, which John Barry actually loved. Um, you know, not you as should, good as the original... I, well, and I think it's management. I think it's excellent. Well, John Barry was a big fan of the Propeller's, Propeller's version. Actually, mm-hmm. I've seen him interviewed with them, and he, and he loved it. And you should play a clip uh, if you can, Alex, because it is I will, yeah, yeah. superb. And of course, most people have uh, heard it Excuse on TV a lot. Yeah. So, so you've got fantastic score. You've got one of the best casts of any Bond other than maybe Never Say Never Again, which wasn't even an official Bond. So mm-hmm. you had Telly Zavallis, who was, like, you know, major star at the time. You've got Diana Rigg, also a major star at the time, and, and then you've okay. got the idiot that was the, the man from Miltre, you know, but... <laughs> what? So this is the... Hang hey, oh, think- do, do you not rate Lazenby? No. no. So this is the... I think this Whoa. is the best Bond film with but the with the worst, worst James Bond because that Munch is baffling could not he's, agree it, more he's a fantastic action star in terms of like all the stunts and everything right. else he does but he's a bloody awful actor and he is just so wrong for the part in so many ways and to the point that they had to actually dub most of his lines in the uh, when he's playing Hillary,
0: whatever his name is and it's Hillary.
7: horrendously
6: dubbed as well yeah. oh yeah
0: yeah it's, it's terrible yeah yeah um, uh, but this is the one where all I can remember is the crushed velvet suits and the cravats. He looks like Austin Powers throughout most of this. Uh, yeah, he's got the big Not that's obviously nothing against him, but just the, the, the look of this thing. You refer to it as born in the 60s. I, I find that a, a laughable comparison. Watch, I really watch do. Watch
7: the action scenes, trust me. The, 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 the <laughs> fight and action scenes are the straight. The bit with the skis and the, sorry, the bobs, bobsled wasn't it? Bobsled,
6: yeah. 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 Mm. See the fights, the fist fights every time I watch it, I I don't like them, because... The editing is, the editing's great and it's very very quick very very fast paced but it's too quick it's like you only get like a half a second it's shot
7: just like the ball films it's, it's, it's done yeah, exactly the same way it's the same technique mm,
0: yeah but I don't really. I don't like that either
7: and
6: when you watch it like okay I, you know commendable that George Lazenby does all his own stuff currently but putting it, on
0: her uh, I'm kind of putting Madge on my uh, to view list as soon as in, possible in
6: every single fight he seems to fall over and scurry along the floor
7: because it's because if they're trying to make it look real it's these yeah. people scrapping. It's not. You know, it's not like the, like the clip we just saw from uh, Thunderball, where you know mm. it's just choreographed. It where it everyone's your face.
0: flinging their fists around. It's,
7: you, know, the if you see two white blokes white. fighting in a pub. In a pub, they are rolling around on the yeah. floor trying to smack that's things that. over each other's heads.
4: Mm. You know that's.
7: And actually, again, that's the kind of thing you get in the ball films. The other thing I would say is that obviously it's, you know it's got the 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 emotional twist in it and, and they got the, you know, they, they wanted to make this film very different. And that's why it went down so badly with audiences because they just didn't get it. They were expecting to see Goldfinger and they got something far more mature and intelligent. And, and they, people just did not take to it at all. Interesting, interesting thing. I'll just tell you this, cause I, I don't know whether you got this in your research, Alex, but mm-hmm. Diana Rick hated George, uh, George Lazerby really, <laughs> absolutely hated him. And bef- with, any of their scenes, particularly the scenes where they have to kiss, she would eat a raw onion just as she was about to, to do the scene because it made it feel physically. I have heard this. I have heard this. He was supposed to be a very arrogant and very um horrible man. And he's still quite bitter to this day actually about how um you know, he's he's been portrayed both, you know, when the film came out and afterwards because he feels hard done by. But most of the people who worked with him said he was really awkward. Um
0: and Edward well, was Connery at this point. know. So you can see now what Kilmer. He played the Saint.
7: Yes, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Val Kilmer. Yeah. But you can see now why they stumped up so much money to get Connery back because the, yeah. it was this was this was a really really brave move. And one of the key things you'll see throughout the Bond franchises is when there's a new Bond, that's when they really go to town as to thinking about what it is they want to do. I think. Some of the best Bonds are the one are the first, first films bond. of each
0: mm. yeah, of each epoch yeah. yeah. There's a lot in that actually. Uh, my favourite more is Live and Let Die, even if it is a ridiculous racist I, black exploitation picture. Yeah,
7: I would I would agree. I would say either Live and Let Die or, or um, uh For Your Eyes Only, which isn't really a bomb film. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, th- I thought I uh, liked it li- uh, for Few eyes only more until I saw it recently and again it was compared with Bourne and the fucking two CV chase was so <laughs>
4: that's, that's I,
0: actually, I turned off the music and stuck on that uh, uh, Paul Oakenfield piece of music during the mini chase oh, and it was yeah. so
4: much better
7: <laughs> I think- the, the, just the, the Bond film just made Remy Martin mad, you know. They just said to him every time, you know, do something crazy. So he's like, right, I'll get a French car, and we'll do something mad with it, you know. So you got the two CV, and then in A View to a Kill, you've got that red wave, yes, red, so, uh, red five, the one that gets split in half. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's oh fuck! That View to a Kill was the first one I ever saw at the cinema at the age of five. Oh, that's a bad start. Ooh. Yep. But at the same time, I loved it. I was
4: like, oh wow, James Bond.
0: <laughs> it might even have been the first Bond I'd ever seen. Um, but, you know, there's that bit where he... Oh, hang on, no, it's not the Spy of where he jumps off the ski slope and there's the Union Jack... Um, yeah, that's that's the Spy Love It's a similar one. He just escapes in a small submarine.
6: Oh, that no, that is View to a Kill, where he he yeah. he, he, um, he snowboards on the front of a skidoo.
7: And, yeah,
6: um, yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that later. A
0: fifty-eight-year-old Roger Moore at that
7: point. It's not the one with the Beach Boys, with a bit of Beach Boys music. That's it? the one. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. I wish they all could be
0: California. I would girls.
7: like. Yeah, I I must admit, when I go through, do my annual go through of all the Bond films, yeah. the, A View to a Kill is normally the one I fall asleep after yeah. a three. Come
0: <laughs> back next week. We will rip. Roger Moore and you are so.
7: <laughs> To go back to um Madge
6: as we've yeah. now come to term it. And, you know, the, the use of, I also love the fact that they used the, um, you know, the emotional ending of On a Mastery Secret Service, you know, with the, the wife dying, because that was towards the end.
0: Of we've the got Bond to mention series. this, because a lot of people won't even have seen it. No. It, this is so significant. It, this is so significant in the Bond series that it, I, I couldn't believe that I didn't really know much about it until I'd seen it fairly recently. I think around Casino Royale time, I'd never actually seen that sequence. I think I'd heard Oh, I killed his hmm. wife. Um, so, so what? Let me set the scene, folks. So... Uh, Oh you do it. Sorry. I'll do it. I've heard Zan for hours, I'm gonna bloody do this. Um So, uh, basically, Bond has been sort of on and off in a relationship with this you know, men, uh, somewhat disturbed young woman named Tracy throughout the whole film, and th- th- there's been marriage proposals back and forth from her father to him, and then from him to her, and eventually, you know, through, in the midst of all this fucking Blofeld stuff, uh, she accepts his hand in marriage. At the very end, after he's defeated Blofeld, uh, you know, they're, they're in a car, he's taking flowers off the uh, car, and it's like, oh, it Bond's married? No way! He's just gonna settle down and then suddenly, you know, after, just after he's kissed her and she's given him a bit of raw onion in, in the middle of the kiss, I'm mm. assuming. Um, uh, car drives by, it's like, it's a, it's a fucking drive by, South Central style, with, um, uh, Blofeld and this woman who's basically Rosa Klebb again. And, um. Irma Bunt. Irma Bunt. And Bond hides behind the car and he gets out and he's like, right, Blofeld, I'm gonna go get him. And jumps into the car and then he turns around and his wife's Caught a bullet in the forehead, and she is stone dead and This is the best thing about sixty zero bond beyond everything else, because you know, re- at least if you 've seen it relatively recently or, and you 're not used to it i 've seen Connery blustering about the place and shocking and I think he got that point to trip back, and doing his fucking thing. And suddenly you've got Bond who actually just sort of opened himself up and, and actually, you know, dared to actually maybe want to settle down and dared to actually go be a one-on-one one, one man. I don't know what his thoughts were, but he he breaks down.
6: But crucially, it, it's a massive loss and a massive cause for grief and anger in Bond. Mm. And, yeah, we saw that at the start of Diamonds Are Forever, but... In in the books, in the books, the the death of Tracy uh, happens towards the end of you know, towards the end of the series. You know, anonymous mm. Master's Secret Service towards the end, he meets Tracy. One of the things that winds me up about the opening sequence, other than the breaking of the fourth wall, is that it's not quite explained. But the reason he rushes to save her from walking into the beach is because she's suicidal. Mm. In, in the book, he sees her drive past, he sees a look in her eye, he understands that she's going to mm. try and kill herself, and that's why he goes to try and save her. There mm. is no fist fight on the beach. He just you know pulls her out of the water. Mm. Um,
0: it's Bond in, doing stuff that's not
6: yeah, Bond for a change. In, in the book, in the book, um, you know, Tracy dies. And after that, there are only two full-blown novels. After that, there's "You Only Live Twice" and there's "The Man with the Golden Gun." You only live twice. He is distraught. He's um, completely broken down. And sure enough, and, you know, and he, he, he's searching for Blofeld to get his revenge. And finally, he finds Blofeld. And the trauma of nearly dying while trying to kill Blofeld basically causes him to have amnesia, and he completely forgets himself. In "The Man with the Golden Gun," that's that's where "You Only Live Twice" ends. In "The Man with the Golden Gun." The Russians have recovered him because they—he he didn't know who he was. He had found some sort of clue on his person that said he'd been to Russia. He goes to Russia. The Russians recognise him, reprogram him, you know, like brainwash him to go and assassinate M. And, you know, the English kind of, you know, cure him and then they send him off on one last mission to see if he's still worth, uh, you yeah, know, worth it. it. It was a great kind of end to the book series. I quite like the fact they put it early on in this series, because, you know, for rights reasons, they couldn't use Casino Royale. But the key thing about Casino Royale is the betrayal and the loss of Vesper Lind. In the book, yes. Vesper Lind is a KGB agent who's playing from the start, and she dies. And that's in the very first book. And that sets him up as this cold-blooded killer who accepts that you can't trust anyone, who's aware of... You know, you you know, you can't trust anyone. That you know, attack is going to come from any sort of angle. And throughout the rest of the books, he is this hardened killer. You didn't have that in the films, in the 60s films, because all you had was this guy turns up and oh look, and lo and behold, he saves the world every day. And then this one, we first saw Bond really get hurt, and that sets it up for the you know. Diamonds Offer The you know, certainly the opening sequence, and then certainly, you know, like, you know, Moore had his moments where he was, you know, certainly whenever they referenced Tra- Tracy, where he, you know, he, he became much sadder, and he actually became, you know, much much harder, and, you know, much more, you know, tough, you know, and more, more hardened as a killer, mm-hmm. and then certainly by the, point, the time Dalton comes around, and Dalton is just almost borderline psychopath. Don doesn't give a shit. He's like, you know, I've been saving this world for so bloody long. I'll go into all that on the, you know, in a couple of weeks, but it was great that they brought in this kind of loss and grief that shakes the character this early into the series, given that they haven't and couldn't start with Casino Royale.
3: Diamonds are forever. They are all I need to please me. They can stimulate to tease me. They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Hold one up and then caress it Touch it, stroke it and undress it I can see every part Nothing hides in the heart
0: Forever. Now that I've actually seen the end of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I want Diamonds Off Forever to start with a car chase where basically Bond tracks down Blofeld and executes him by the side of the road. That would be the only satisfactory finale to that particular I, story. I agree. Yeah, but what actually happens, he tracks him to a Swedish spa and drowns him in hot mud. And it's a different Blofeld as well, to add <laughs> insult to <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm worst yeah. Blofeld out of the lot. Jones grey. Wow. It's just a jump to the left. It's just the whole,
6: the whole campness and chumminess of that. Okay, so tell us of Alice in, in, in Madge, there was a kind of, not a friendship as much, well. so there was a kind of, um bond between, yeah, there was an understanding Don't between say. Bond and Blowfield in because they, they knew each other, you know, they, they'd been fighting for so long, it's like, you know, uh, yes, you, you, know, you, uh, you know, uh, yeah, take two of the, sides of the same kind. You and I, we're not no, so different. Not quite. Uh, you know, he's saying, you know, like, oh, I'll take more of the props to you, know, cover you N O seven. I'm going to hold you here because you will, you know, you'll go some way of, you know, letting the U N know that I mean what I say and I'll do what I claim." And it's like, uh, you know, he, the two of them understand each other, and there's almost a bit of banter between them. It got ridiculous in Diamonds Are Forever when, you know, he's, he's explaining the plot. You know, he's explaining the plot, and it's like, "Ah, yes, Mr. Bond. It's, it, you know, come in, help yourself. It's better than." Mountaineering outside. I'm late. It's late. I'm tired, and there's so much left to do. Uh, you know, if, if ever I was to let go of my, you know, let you know my plans, you would be the first to know. You know that, Mister Bond. It's like, no, 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 no. At this
0: no. point, Blanche Bond should have put one in his
6: fucking eye. He
0: tried. He tried, but he got the wrong clone, yeah. or double, or whatever. What clone? Double? Charles Gray. He's not. He doesn't even look like him.
4: Yes.
7: <laughs> I think, with the exception of. Jill Saint John, who I have a uh, a big soft spot for. I, th- I think for- Diamonds Are Forever is probably one of the worst bomb films. I really cannot stand it. Yeah, it's got some very funny one-liners. The the particularly the the scene where the um, the two uh, mobsters pick up the guy from the funeral and he turns to him and says, "Who's the stiff?" Which always makes me laugh. But you yeah.
0: are. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, Mr. Wint and Mr Kidd almost it, killed Bond for me.
7: Oh. It, uh, totally. There's there's that, there's the I uh, just yeah, the, the thing we talked about earlier where the you know the this moon buggy chase which when is you're a, a child is quite cool, but the moon s- buggy chase is so stupid. Bond has yes. somehow become his own celebrity and it, it, it's it's almost like it's sending itself up at this point, mm-hmm. you know. Um uh, Connery's definitely fun fuck- oh, no, plenty
0: in. O'Toole Named yeah. after your father, were you? Oh fuck,
7: God! I'm plenty.
0: Checks I'm out plenty. her, ma- of course you are.
7: Out, checks out her massive breast. Oh, but of course you are. Um, I mean, even to the point where the whole film is, you know, the whole film is set around Vegas, which itself
0: is is so know, tired and yeah, jazzy, tired
7: shitty. and jazzy and shitty. Just everything about it just winds me up. Apart from St. John, who I think is fabulous, but
0: Tiffany Case, yeah, mm. yeah. Actually, I, I like those seventies pants she's got. Yeah,
7: I just, <laughs> I just think she's just a really sort of, again, it's, it's similar to, uh, a Thunderbolt really. I like the, the Bond girls who well, are... She's one dishonest. of the first proper
0: spunky Bond girls. Hmm. Indeed, yeah, this is it. Got, I mean, uh, they've you know, been wilting flowers till this point, or yeah, all, like, you know, hard-nosed bitches. Well, um, she's, she, she's, she's a criminal herself, you know, and she's just a doubt for it for, for... Or I mean, let's face it, in the case of Ursula Andrus models. Yeah, indeed. Or like, you know, these, that, that um, uh, fucking Titania, sort of, oh, um, James, tell me how much you want to make love to me in England. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Lovely, but, but not, not, not much up there. It uh, just
7: turns into this kind of vague sort of rehash of all the previous Bonds, even the Not to Dr. No towards the end, you know, with the oil rig and the, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, uh, it's
0: just, it's just a, a very weak Bond film, I think. George Lazenby originally was offered a contract for seven Bond films, but declined and left after just one. How can he be bitter? It's his fucking fault he yeah. left. On the questionable advice of his agent. I hope he punched that guy. <laughs> Producers contemplated replacing him with John Gavin, uh, though Batman star Adam West was also considered. Imagine Adam God. West's Bond! No... Oh, I, I, I it, like, when you watch the um, the Batman, I think it's the
6: 1969, like yep. the the film, and he's in his tux and he's
7: fighting in no you stare. What? You're not going to say anything bad about that, are you?
0: I can't even watch that I film. No! Like, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's fantastic. It's terrible. It is it's, evil. You... It's, it's, it's fantastic. i am hanging up now. It's
6: fantastically terrible. But when you... So, well, never so, get rid of
0: a ball. It's shock it's, repellent. Okay, the beginning is, is amusing, but by the middle... It's like, I Just seriously, film I can't it's watch this.
6: One long piss
7: take. Some logic of, um, you know, this attack happened in the sea. Catwoman. I know we're going off topic here, but the scene where he's going on the date with Catwoman, yeah? And yeah. It, they, they, they walk past this statue, and they said, who's yep. that? And he goes, oh, it's a statue of, I can't remember who it was now, you know, Fred Bloggs or whatever it is. The person they mention is one of America's worst double agents. You know, worst criminals. You know, so uh-huh. the whole film is littered with jabs and digs at American
0: subculture. Nice. It's a brilliant. Well, tell you what, it's when the we Simpsons do, of its time. When we do the Batman films, because we're gonna, yeah. you can definitely be on for the Batman the movie. <laughs> I
6: promise. <laughs> right, okay. When, Just... when, you see, when you see Bruce Wayne in this talks fighting in Catwoman's apartment, I, I watch that and I think, you know what? This is Bond in a horrendous alternate dimension.
0: Yes. Not even that alternate.
7: Not even that alternate. It's sort of David Niven
0: territory you get into. Okay. <laughs> Here's an interesting one, though. Michael Gambon was suggested. Really? On replacement. Uh, he rejected the offer, telling Brooklyn that he was oh, I'm in terrible shape. United wouldn't he have been fucking great though I mean I know he well he can do his own own stunts we've seen that on Top Gear and he can fall off towers backwards (laughs) United Artists Chief David Packer was unhappy with this decision and made it clear that Sean Connery should be enticed back to the role and that money was essentially no object bad bad idea to say that during negotiations (laughs) When approached about resuming the role of Bond, Connery demanded the then astronomical fee of £1.2 million, that was $2.9 million, now $15.9 inflation adjusted for 2011, and to entice the actor to play Bond once more. United artists would back two films of his choice. When both sides had agreed to the deal, Connery used the fee to establish the Scottish International Education Trust, where Scottish artists could apply for funding without having to leave their country to pursue their careers. So, I suppose some good came of Diamonds Are Forever, which is otherwise unmitigated bile. It's... yeah, it's bad.
6: It's bad. I I watched back in it, and I think, I remember I used to enjoy this, and I watch it now, and I think
0: we all seem to agree it's the worst of these early ones it's certainly the worst of the company so
7: little to IGN have got it as their third worst bomb film after The Man with the Golden Gun and Die Another Day that's some pretty strong company for for
0: bad we'll talk about this when we get to Brosnan Die Another Day actually starts really well oh it does and then it becomes a fucking pig fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's
6: yeah Was it virtual reality uh, virtual reality onwards that film is shit but we'll go into that later
0: um right Okay, um, we're getting kind of long on time here, so we've got several talking points left. We could probably actually save them for uh, Roger Moore because, um, frankly, we've got a lot to discuss with Moore, but his films are all very, very samey. Yeah. And so little of them set precedent, so uh, I think we'll have less to discuss regarding Moore. We could discuss more of these points next week. Um, let me just check. Anything that was really handled in the 60s differently to anything else? I mean, like um as far as I said, bonds handling of foreigners didn't change between the sixties and seventies, so uh, um, you know that we could discuss that during the Roger more thing ditto women frankly
6: yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of you know violence towards women in, in the early ones like you know like the, mm. there's a lot of slaps there's a lot of um, you know holding them in half Nelson's and so forth, and that did continue to to the more age so yeah.
0: Um, okay, well, so any more notes on Bond in the 60s then? Because ultimately, there must have been many times when it was like, let's just shit-can this series, let's stop it. And, and it just kept going. So I think what what it, probably its darkest hour was at the end of your own Her Majesty's Secret Service when they didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, do we carry on with this new guy? Do we get back the old guy? And then when, when what came of it? Actually, no, it must have been uh, after Diamonds Are Forever came out. Because they were like, Hey, Bond's back. Oh, no, it's shit. Because cause then thinking, well, now what do we do? Because we're going to get critically mauled either way. Um, and if we go back to a new Bond, people may react to it just as bad as they did on Match. Mm. There was a lot riding on Live and Let Die. Mm. There was, it was only two years difference between uh, mm. Diamonds and Live and Let Die, but it seems... Like a world of difference, frankly.
7: I think it, 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 at the time, Bond had its own momentum, so I don't think there was ever any other danger of them not doing another one, because they were mm. they making a lot of money. They were very profitable. It was really... I mean, you'll talk to about this another week, but the Death Nail was licensed to kill. That almost killed the, the
4: yeah. franchise off
7: absolutely yeah. dead forever, you know. and it, it, I mean, it was a big old break between that and Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, but the, about...
0: By 89 to 95, six years, probably the longest gap is the longest game yeah Yeah.
7: i've I've, I've often heard it said that the transition from connery to roger moore was totally seamless simply because roger moore had been playing the saint on tv for god knows Mm. how long and he was essentially playing james Bond anyway i said that diamonds are forever to me feels more like a moore film
6: than a connery mm. just because Mm -hmm. of the nature of you know the kind of the -the over-the-top like comic elements you know in terms of you know, Kid and Wint and the you know, uh-huh. unnecessary
0: one-liners. We haven't even talked and- about Mr. Winter and Mr. Kid. In case you haven't seen this one, Mr. Winter Mr. Kid look like Simon and Garfunkel and are a pair of not even vaguely subtly hidden, extremely gay hitmen hmm. who basically turn up and kill you with a scorpion or something, which is what they do from behind, don't you know?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it's it's just, it basically, it speaks of a really fucking seedy, Viewpoint from the 60s I mean, know, what happened well.
6: Handled well, handled well. Those two could have been, you know, iconic villains, and they could have been really well done, but they weren't and They were just out. written so badly.
7: And they kind of, uh, yeah. He kind of, at the end, he dies by having his, his bollocks blown off by a giant cake anyway. Yeah. But I
0: don't know, no, the worst thing, he gets a, a wedgie from Bob. He does, yeah. but. He enjoys, enjoys it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a gay. Yeah. And you know, they like pain to their bollocks. He goes, woo. Oh, basically, that is the biggest facepalm to date on Bond that we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's nothing worse than that moment so far. So there's, there's worse moments later, I'm sure. But at this point, basically, the very end of Diamonds Are Forever was, to me, probably the lowest point in Bond's career at this stage.
7: Yeah, totally agree with Agreed. you. Agreed.
0: What does he say afterwards? Like, ooh, Explosive.
7: Or something pathetic. Oh no, I can't. I can't remember what it is.
0: Oh, it, it went pop because it's champagne or something. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think he puns. You got served because it's yes. serving lunch. I don't think
6: <laughs> he, he, he. I don't think he puns. I think the fact that the bomb was hidden in a bomber surprise.
7: Is enough of a pun that, that Connery didn't need to say anything. I think so, the only good thing to about *Adams of Danza Forever* really is, is probably Shirley Bassey's theme song. And yes, songs.
0: oh yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's disproportionately it's, good for the film. It's <laughs> quite
7: common that that the, the some of the Bonds with the the best sort of opening theme song are, are some of the worst
0: Bond films. I don't know why that is, but it just seems to go that way. Okay, that's all for that first for this week. We will be back next week, seriously, because we've got so much more <laughs> bomb to talk about. And we don't want to exhaust ourselves on the first go. Okay. Gentlemen, pimp your shows.
7: I'll let James do it, because I'm...
0: Oh, okay. Because you've <laughs> got too many, you need to count them up first.
6: I've not got too many. I'm only on your one. <laughs> you can find us at www.gameburst.co.uk. Uh, Gameburst is a half an hour... By, uh, oh, sorry... Half an hour, twice-weekly podcast, where every Sunday you'll get a new show. Every Thursday you'll get either a roundtable or the quiz or the replay. Um, you can find us at GameBurst.co.uk, as I said. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, listen to us and you'll hear all the other addresses that we do, you know, the email, the Twitter, the
7: Facebook, etc. You can find me uh, with James at GameBurst, uh, where I'm also the host of the replay show, which is once a month. Uh, this month's game is Far Cry 2. Rome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault that actually. Sorry. <laughs> um I'm also you can also find me at the NinjaFat Pigeons and also bigrepotion
0: Brilliant. That's all from us this week. But Digital Gonzo will return. See what I did there. I do. That was in, very good. In part two, back for more.
6: Oh eh? That, eh? no, no, eh? that's worse than eh? Bomba surprise
0: <laughs> <laughs> Part two Bomber surprise. What song should we leave him on? Um Oh, blimey. Louis Armstrong. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think actually. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to leave on the, uh, the, the... probably the most emotive of all the uh, Bond songs from the Connery period. Um, ironically, not even a Connery film.
3: Well, you have given me a wedding present.
2: The best I could have. The
3: future.
1: This is Bond. Shut. And eat
2: it all at once. He loves me. instinctively. infuriatingly. intensely. in. 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 in? indubitably.
3: (laughs) First a boy and then a girl.
5: It's Blofeld. Blow phone. It's all right quite all right, really. She's having a rest. We'll be going on soon. There's no hurry, you see. We have all the time in the world.
0: See you next week.